0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kelmack Video Podcast. First of all, I want to make it clear that I work hard to bring you guys this history and information that you weren't privy to in decades prior to now. I want to apologize to anybody that felt offended by the video. My original intent was just for fun and laughs in reply to Jamel's video, which was funny, very humorous in my opinion, And um, I think a lot of other people thought so also. Today's topic is Jamel Barnes' video. Should I have left it up or should I have taken it down?
1: You should already know when I walk in the door that it ain't no use in frontin' on me. You should already know when I walk in the door that it ain't no use in frontin' on me. And you should already know when I walking in the door. You should
2: already know when I walk in the door.
0: You should already know. You should already know. You should already know. Now, when you go to my page or my Instagram page, there was a few people that spoke out against the video I put up. However, if you go to Jamel's page, there's nobody speaking out against uh him putting up his video or his daughter egging the video on. <laughs> I never knew we had so many physicians in the hood until I did this video. Now everybody want to be neurologists, psychiatrists, psychologists, and all that. Everybody got an opinion about what Mac is doing. But my question to these people are, have you reached out to his daughter to see if he's mentally stable? Or if she was willing to take the video down.
1: You should, you should, you should already know when I walk in the door that it ain't no use in on me, on
3: me.
0: Today's show is gonna be a good one. I'm gonna get CJ Mack on the line. I'm gonna have cutes come on the line. I'm gonna take some other calls and play some other messages that you guys have for me. We're gonna go to the phone lines now. Yeah, we had lost you, Melly Mel. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, I'm
4: back, man.
0: Yeah, I was saying for the listeners that didn't know who you was that you from Compton, Oaks Park area. And right, I'm a original,
4: original Oaks Park.
0: And you had a front row seat to the Red House.
4: Oaks Park and Midtown became eventually Santana. The two was meshed together and created a super game, which became Santana Block. Right.
0: Uh, did you ever see Jamel up at the Red
4: House? You know what? I never saw Jamel at the Red House. I always saw Jamel, Tookie with whatever, whatever tookie. When I always saw when I always saw Jamel, Jamel was always in LA. Okay. And I'm telling you, man, Jamel is one of them cats. Man, he has that that mercurial mm-hmm. mindset. It's a cat that's always got a mood swing or all of a sudden change of mind. You know. And, and and you and if you listen to him talk, oh, throughout the years of the things he has said about Stanley Tookie Williams or, or, or Raymond Washington, has not really been positive. You know what I mean? Because he, because they're not here to speak for themselves, he gets to say whatever he wants, and nobody can even speak on their position. Because clearly, if you look at the we east, if you look at the west, if you look at the Compton, the two names that's going to stand out. As far as it, it whatever, I don't know what Jamil is trying to prove is he was something he wasn't a leader. He was not that. He didn't start the Crips, East or West, or Compton. Tookie was in all if you if you think about it, think about this, Kevin. Tookie was on the west side, Tookie was on the east side, Tookie was in Compton. Who else did that? Who else? Give me one name. I mean, you had have- you, you can't. A few and, and, that went to even Raymond, Raymond is responsible for the east side, but if you think about it, Raymond never really made them cross all them different lines and them different cities and them different sets. Right.
0: The only few names I could think of was, was going to Compton to hang out with Tookie. And uh, that would be your uh, barefoot
4: Pookie. Muckman, Man, Munker Man barefoot
0: Man. Pookie. Yeah. Barefoot Pookie Monkey Man. Yeah, but, but but I agree with you because Tookie made a made Compton his home. Uh he lived at in at least two or three different addresses in Compton. And then you right. and then, don't forget Watts. He was hanging out in where the PJ Watts are. But
4: and, and that's and, and, and when I say the East side, I include okay. Watts in there, but you're right. Watts stand alone by itself because the East side was one thing and Watts was another. But when you think about that, Tookie had the whole pie, man. He wasn't a slice. Jamil Bourne's is a slice. He might have even been the crust. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know Tookie was the whole pie. The first time I laid eyes on Barefoot Pookie, we was down at the showcase. I don't know if you remember this showcase. It was on Adams and Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. Yep. And all them and all them stories that people ever said about him not having no shoes, I saw that. You know what I mean? Them is not... That ain't just no urban yeah. portails or nothing like that. That, that stuff or myths or whatever people create. These are real stories, man. This dude is a real dude. Tookie was a real dude. Jamel, he's a real dude, but he was more like a, for me, a mascot. Hmm. He was a big dude, on swole. You know what I mean? I'm I'm sure he had some dudes that looked up to him and. And and, and and he, you know, sort of carried that towards a little bit, but he, he didn't have the love, or he didn't know how to embrace or bridge the gaps like Raymond and Took. Right. Or even Barefoot poop.
0: Right. So look. The dudes in college loved that dude. So look, you used to see Tookie them buffing at the Red House, right? On a regular day. And you never seen Jamel up there. Never seen Jamel. How about Big Jack?
4: I seen Big John. Okay. all
0: right. Well, shit, man. I want to thank you for your call, and I want you to uh, come back on the show and co-host with me. And uh,
4: anytime, bro. Anytime, man. Yeah, and, I'm a- and you know me, I, I'm about. I'm. I'm about to put the truth out there, man. And and and, and if, if anybody's out there that feel like, you know, challenge me on what I'm saying, you know, yeah. I, I I I welcome man. Them, whatever, you know? whatever they want to do, man, Poogie. Boogie started some sets in in, in L.A., yeah. and I know some dudes. They probably want to differ about that, but that's what he did, you know. Right. All right. Man, but anyway, man.
0: In your input, man. I'll be reaching out to you. Without without doubt,
4: man, without a doubt, man. Okay, Mack. Hey,
0: I got the King of L.A., C.J. Mack, on the phone. How's it going, bro?
1: Man, I'm good, bro. Bro, what's happening with you, man? uh not much man just talking about
0: this jamel Barnes saga man yeah. uh i know you've been on this platform before so you already know to get out on the videos have you been able to uh see any of this jamel Barnes stuff going on right now
1: oh yes indeed man you know, i stay tuned in to your work man I, I love what you're doing i love the fact that you are a historian man and it, you bring about facts from each and every uh aspect of los angeles man and uh You know, uh, the people, the originators and people still involved and this and that. You're covering the whole gamut, man. I love it. So, yeah, I'll stay listening to your your stuff. And, yes, I did get a chance to check it out.
0: Well, some of my critics was crying about taking the video down. So, as a uh, rap artist, has anyone ever asked you to remove a song
1: because they did not like you talking about dope? Well, you know, not not necessarily that, but some other things. A couple of people I probably ruffled a couple of feathers, and that's kind of just kind of how the game go. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh you know, rapping, which is the, the 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 primary art form that I was involved in. You know, it got disrespect and people having opinions and things. And sometimes some people say something to you, and sometimes you fire it back. You know what I mean? <laughs> So. It's all part of the game, and no, I I, I wouldn't take I, I don't I don't take nothing down. If I said it, I admit it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's bottom line that we can we can get over it or, or you know whatever. You know that's always been my motto with
0: it. Yeah, to keep it 100.
1: You know when I went to sleep, I laid
0: down. You know that's when your best thoughts come to you, and uh, I felt kind of bad for the dude, man. And, and you know a lot of people think he got mental problems, and if that was the case. And I thought it might be a good idea to take it down, but I don't really think I did nothing wrong. I said nothing wrong. In fact, last night he, uh, he typed a response saying the only problem he had with me was, that I went and got accused to discredit him. And that was never my intent. Uh, how that came about is Jamel repeatedly put me off on interviews and, uh, so I wasn't able to get him. So the next best thing is to ask dudes that
1: was around
0: him about him, and and that's all that was.
1: Right. Well, you just out uh, uh, getting uh, you you're what I call, and then I, if I'm incorrect, uh, correct me. You're street journalist, man. I mean, it's nothing more than what you're doing is you're report, reporting facts. Those facts are gonna come from different sources. Some may not be factual. You may not never get to the truth. You, you know right. what I mean? So, you know, it's up to you and your mind on on, on how you feel. If you feel like, uh, you know, uh, the outcome wasn't something that needs to be out there, then obviously that's up to you. You know what I mean? We, we weren't around in those times from those guys. Those guys, you know, dudes in their 60s. You know what I mean? Some of them dudes in yeah. their 60s. So, you know, you're going to hear this, and you know, there's always uh, folk tales, you know? So, you know, yeah, gonna get different opinions from everyone, and that's part of the interesting thing about what you do. You get to hear the perspectives from different people. You know, I learned a lot of things about different areas in the city listening to your work and 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 watching the interviews and stuff. So you're gonna get different opinions, man. So it's up to you on whether or not you feel like you know, well, maybe I, you know, this this interview, not me myself, but maybe this content pushed the line and it may offend some. You know, right. it's kind of like up to you on, on how you feel about that.
0: Right. And, and if I crossed the line in poking fun at him, I mean, even he thought it was humorous because his video was humorous. Right. He's telling jokes and pretending to be serious at the t- same time. He's making crazy faces and gestures, you know. And what people don't know, me and Jamel and his daughter, we we've corresponded many a times for several months. On, uh, on Instagram. right? And so, you know, I kind of know how he is. He kind of know how I am. And obviously, if he threw my name out there, he knew I was going to respond, just like he responded to Cutes and Big Jack and whoever else, you know what I mean? So exactly. I think people are taking this out of out of his original intent. And uh, they think I'm laughing at him and not with him. But at the same time, I think putting those articles in there to dispute what he was saying, I think it really offended some people because, you know, a lot of people can't accept the truth. Well, yeah,
1: you know, and, 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 and I'd like to say each man's version of the truth, you know, uh, people want to believe what they want to believe from who they want to believe it about or from. So, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, all you doing in my opinion is is putting the information out there. Just like I did with Seawalk. You know, my when I did Seawalk, my opinion didn't really didn't really matter. You know what I mean? I I, I left i just put it out there. This is the information I'm getting. This was at the time the Clown Walk guys. just would you know, some some homies was like, Oh, you know, well, I don't wanna see no kids doing a turn into no clown walking. Some people were like, Man, let them kids do whatever they gotta do. So you're gonna get different many opinions and that's what makes an article or a piece um, interesting. So there's going to be different opinions about things, and I think that's 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 the interesting aspect of it.
0: Even being in an industry for so long, man, and you know about monetization and you know royalties, you know your income. Uh, it's true that controversy sells, but the misconception is that I'm making a lot of money when I'm not. And if anybody is familiar with YouTube, they know when you're using somebody else's music such as ice cubes no vaseline or some of the music i use in the inglewood families and the santana blocks i can't monetize those songs right so it's just a mix miss a big misconception about me and obviously if they think all the videos i do including the response to jamel barnes is about making money and exploiting the culture uh that's so far from the truth. Um, But I want to say to you, man, I appreciate you being on here, and I hope to work with you soon, man. And uh, I know you got a flight to catch, man. Be safe. And uh, I hope uh, everything that you work on uh, prospers, bro. Uh,
1: Thank you, bro, bro, uh, 100. And um, I always support you, man. And, um, you know, one thing about you that I know, because I spent many hours with you, whether on the record or off, that you're doing what you love. And that's why I want to come together and work with you on some things because you're doing what you love. And, uh, you know, everybody got opinions, man. You know what I'm saying? They your opinions like, opinions is like, I don't know if I can cuss, but opinions is like a hoes, man. Everybody got them at the end of the day. So, you know, do what you feel is right and continue uh, entertaining people, man, and doing what you love, man. I'm proud of you for going out here and taking the effort. Everybody, everybody got an opinion, man. You know, when all they gotta do is tell the story themselves, they can pick up a camera and do it too. So it's easy to holler from the sidelines, man. You know, Shaq can't shoot a free throw, but Shaq getting hundred and thirty six million when he's playing. You see know what I'm saying? It's easy to be mm-hmm. all shoot. But he in the game. You in the game. So that's what my, my 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 advice to you with all that is you in the game and stay in the game and let everybody else scream from the sidelines.
0: All right, for sure, bro. I'm gonna be hollering at you. I want <laughs> All right, caller, where are you calling from and what's your name?
2: Maya Hampton, Charleston, South Carolina.
0: Okay, I'm familiar with you, a long-time follower, right?
2: Yes, of course.
0: Today's subject is about the video I put up in response to Jamel Barnes. Did you get a chance to listen to it? Yes. What you think about it? I really had
2: a little... The video, you know, it spoke the truth. Somebody finally called him out on his lies that he always telling. The man is a big bully. He don't tell the truth about nothing. Always speaking bad about Raymond Washington, Tookie Wilms. The list goes on, on, and on. He always make it seem like he was there when he wasn't. You know, just crazy.
0: So do you think this guy suffers from dementia or any mental problems?
2: No, he know what he's doing. Of course, you could tell the man know what he's doing.
0: Do you blame his daughter any for for egging this on?
2: I blame both of them because both of them are grown. They both know right from wrong.
0: Well, I, I took the video down after a few hours. And a lot of OGs have been calling me, asking me to put it back on, because it's a piece of art, and it, it shows that a lot of the things that he's saying are not true. And all I did was present articles and use his own words against them. And uh, I showed in the book Uprising, which I believe is like a 1994, 95 book, and he was saying the same thing back then about meeting Tookie after Raymond died, people have a problem with that. And uh, I think people don't want to hear the truth. What do you think?
2: Yeah, a lot of people get mad at the truth. I don't understand that. Everybody should want to know the history and the culture and the facts about this lifestyle because there's a lot of people out here lying about your lifestyle. It's not right. So the OGs and you are speaking the truth. People should love that.
0: I don't think nobody really had a problem with cute's interview they didn't they didn't express that to me but when I did the response everybody went crazy and uh came to his defense uh I shouldn't say everybody but I mean a lot of people came to the defense and start blaming it on his psychological aspects but or mental problems but uh they didn't seem to go on his site and say nothing about that or ask him to take his video down or Say anything about his daughter. So I'm just wondering why it's okay for them to keep saying my
2: name and disrespecting my platform. Haters gonna be haters. To me, you shouldn't have never took the video down because all your videos you ever put out there be truth and facts. Um, I've been following your work for many years now, and I will advise you to put that video back up because he always lying. I'm sick and tired of it, and I'm not even a gangbanger.
0: What purpose would it serve for me to put the response video back up?
2: The purpose is because he keep lying. You know, these men are dead now. You know, he need to respect the dead. He need to respect the culture. He need to respect the history. And it's just not right. You know, if you're going to speak on something, speak the truth. Don't make it seem like you was this big triple OG. You did this and that, and you wasn't.
0: Well, in all all due fairness to Mr. Barnes, he was there in the beginning, and he does have a place in history. But um, I think people have a a right to defend their homeboys, especially when they're not here to defend themselves. I want to thank you for your call, and uh, I'm going to try to get uh, some other OGs on the line and uh, see what they got to say. So you enjoy your day, and I hope you continue to enjoy the content.
1: Yo, yeah, what it do, Kev Mac? Um, I was once told by our OG homie that um, either Avalon Gangster Crip or Avalon Garden Gangster Crip was uh, once Crip, then they turned blood, then they turned back to Crip. Uh, I don't know how true that story is, but that's one thing that I definitely heard on more than one occasion. I mean, I don't know if you speak to anybody in Avalon Gardens or anybody that's Avalon Gangsta Crip uh, to verify that, but that that sounds very interesting because I look at some of Jamil Barnes' interview, and he seemed, like, he seemed like he was probably cool with the Bloods at one point in time, and that's why it kind of sounds believable. Um, if you could have anybody verify that, that would be cool.
0: I don't know the origins of 88 Avalon. I do know the Walnuts were in close proximity, and they were what you call a non-Crip gang. Hey, what's up, Kev? Um, I would like to see an interview on the origins of Shotgun Crip. Alright, let me know. Later. I agree. The history of the Shotgun Crip should be a good one. I'm laying in a cut for Big Shiphead or one of his older homies. Until then, I'm just like you, man. I'm laying low and waiting on it. OG Kev, what's the word? This the stone from Southside Queens. But um, what's up with that? Um, I think part four or part five of the Inglewood families was it deleted or something? Was it like some copyright
1: shit going on? Get back to me, bro. Let me know what's up.
0: Parts two, three, and four of the Inglewood family were removed. It had nothing to do with copyrights, although there was music in there. And uh there's a lot of guys going up for parole and we didn't want to hurt their chances. I got old cutes of the magnificent seven on the phone. How you doing today, cutes?
3: Uh that's pretty good, man. How's everybody doing this uh, this afternoon?
0: Uh, Hopefully they're doing well, man. A lot of people want to know about your friendship with Jamel and what you think about his mental state. Uh, They kind of want to know if you could explain what might be going on with him.
3: All right. First of all, I want to make clear that Jamel's behavior is unbecoming of who I remember him to be. When we grew up together, we went to Washington High School. I met Jamil in 74. That's when I introduced him to Stanley. Like I said, Jamil was never a gangbanger on the West Side. If he gangbanged on the East Side, who did he gangbang with? And this is how this goes. Around the end of 1970, almost 71, bringing them one up in the air turned these guys into crits. It was before people called themselves blood, so their projects was never blood. Their projects was the Avalon Garden Boys. It was just a set and there was a few of them, but the projects wasn't that big. There were some good dudes that come out of Avalon that I ran with at was bangers that were in juvenile hall with me. Jamel Barnes, he was like the general of that project. Can't take that away from him. But he did not gangbang with Raymond Washington in 68. He didn't turn into Crip. Crip wasn't put on the Avalon Gardens until like 19, the beginning of 1971. That's when Crip was put on Avalon Gardens. Before that, it was just the Avalon Garden boys. So he was not a Crip then. He was just representing himself, just like the Mingo Patrol or, or Kevin Goff and his gang, the Stanley Boys. We would name our gangs after our street, the McNeveson Seven. All of these gangs were named over by where we lived at. We gave ourselves names because the seven represent seven here. So that's the street that we would all meet up on on seven. And that's mostly how gangs were. The Train gangsters, they, they got their name from their street, 83rd Street. When we had the Dinka Crips, they got their name from their street. So that's where the names come from. Jamel, his family member, is the one who's behind all of this. She's the one who puts the camera in his face. She's the one that tries to provoke a response from the opposition. And, 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 And what we're against is his telling of the story. He's not being factual in his telling of the story. He's trying to make himself look like more than what he was. So therefore, that's not true. If it's not true, someone has to have the courage to come on and say, hey, "Man, that's not true. What you're saying isn't true." No one has or refuted that. For me, no one has came on camera and said, "Hey, man, he never went to Washington." Have anyone ever heard that? No. You know why? Because he went to Washington and he was attending it in 1974. He was never an original Crip because the Crip started in 1969 on the East Side. They started in 1970 on the West Side. He was never an original East Side Crip due to the fact that his projects didn't get turned into the Crip until the early part of '71. So that takes away that takes the win out of the sale right there with his, uh, you know, uh, accusation that he gang-banged in 68. In 1968, I gang-banged too. If I want to say I gang-banged with the Brims, if I want to uh, I could go earlier than that. When I lived on Ascot, I could say, oh, I gang-banged when I was around uh, the guys who lived over there that were East Side Outlaws. When I was a baby, a little kid, I was exposed to what they were doing, the weed smoking, hanging out in the house, seeing the weapons. You know, kids are uh, in their environment. They could see a lot of stuff when they're coming up. But I can't claim that oh I'm gang banging with Eastside Allahs, and that was before 1968. Now if I want to okay. get uh, real fucky with it, I could go deeper, and I could say when I lived on 52nd by by the uh, by the park over there, and I could say okay man I was a businessman too, because my father he hung out in the park and all of his friends apparently were businessmen. All right. So, say that.
0: so so when you say he didn't gangbang, you talking about like fighting, shooting, putting in work type of thing, right?
3: Exactly. Exactly. His own, his only his only gangbanging came in when when the East Side was pushing up on him to turn. He tried he tried to resist that in the early stages, and he and he gave in. That was the only time he had a little friction within, with people Sure, he might have had fights in elementary school. Who didn't? What kid in the inner city has not had fights in elementary school? Tell me one. All right, that, so
0: let me let me ask you, uh, when there's guys is, that's is between my age and your age, they were little kids back then, and they seen Jamel leading the pack. What was that all about?
3: Yeah. When we would be up at Citinela Park, the little kids would be, like, amazed by yokes. So they would be like, oh, shit. Look at these big old dudes, because we grew up watching cartoons. So little kids is like, you know, they're still in their cartoon mind. They're like, wow, these guys look like honk. These guys look like the cartoons that they enjoyed watching. So little kids were attracted to that. Plus, little kids feel powerless. Most of them came up in single-family homes. So they're out there in the community now. They see someone, you know, with a lot of pride, and the person's, you know, acting like he's not mean. So automatically, that attracts kids. You know, it attracted me when I was a little kid. You know, I hung out with the big kids, you know. I don't want to get just pounded on. You hang out with the bigger kids because when you grew up in an environment and you don't feel that safe in that environment, you want to be around people who's going to be down with you. You know, right. you got to show you're down, too. The little kids like the Jamil. Little kids love Tookie. When we would come through the park, they see Miles Tookie. All these guys were on Super Swole. They were nice guys and People liked it to be around. Plus, these guys cracked jokes. These guys were funny. And, and they were enjoyable to be around. The girls liked being around us and everything. So it was cool. Those were fun times. Jamil wasn't acting like a weirdo that much. But he would go into his little minnow trips, like getting quiet, not feeling comfortable, because he actually never really fit in. And and I don't know what that comes from, but he never really fit in. And And another guy I attested to that during his time that he experienced with him that this guy really didn't really fit in. And I don't know if people made fun of him because they were jealous of him or because he was awkward and doofus. You know, when you're going through adolescence, you go through an awkward stage. And I don't know if that didn't settle well with him, but every kid goes through that and they usually come out all right. You know, but that's just normal. You know, and he, he tried to fit in on the West Side best he could. I mean, I had to stop Bird Dog from getting them. I had to stop Smiley from A Trey from getting them. And I mean, I was working full time from getting them all the time. And this would always take place when we were out in the open, when we were in a crowd, because Jamil would try to put a little too much on it. And these guys are bangers. And we all know that Jamil wasn't a banger, he was a poser, but he was friends of Tookie, and Tookie was respected. And some people, I say, well, Tookie wasn't the founder of the West Side. Tookie wasn't this. Tookie was that. I, I was, I'm was. i from the West Side, and I'm letting you know that Tookie was one of the four founders of the West Side, and Tookie okay. was respected.
0: In my mind, you know, certain guys that wasn't in the mix, you know, had a front row seat as a kid standing on the porch. They see big Jamel in suspenders with the big muscles, big afro leading a pack. Uh so I've got this this mass mysteria that this big old guy was was the leader. But when you really in this gang bang stuff and you're not a square from the outside looking in, anybody could be leading a pack at any moment. That doesn't make you the leader. It means you no. was in front of a crowd of people when you parsed yes. up in a park or store yes. or a gathering a party or what have you.
1: But
3: that never makes you a leader. No. No, it makes you a leader. A leader is the type of person who will lead the regiment of soldiers through the back alleys into another neighborhood, and you don't have a gun. You, and, you, and when you turn out into that neighborhood, you may be outnumbered. I, I recall a time when we were at the Watts Festival, and this was like in the early 70s, and uh, things didn't jog that night real well. And then we had this other gang over waiting for us in McDonald's. We had another gang coming down the alley toward us, and we had this big old melee right there up central, and it was pitch black dark at night, and we're out there fighting like cats and dogs with each other. And the police never came, and we just out there fighting. The only thing that uh made people disperse and go in their separate areas is because the helicopter had finally came. The helicopter finally came and lit us up, and then everybody started going back their own ways. The only people who lived in the area was the Bonnie hunters, they didn't have far to run to get back to their area. You had you had the Pirus, they, they had a little distance more to run. Then you had us, we came all the way from across Florence and, and the buses ain't running. So we had a long way to get back home, you know. But that's just how, it is. and a leader is the type of person who will lead you right into that and not turn around. Once you see this, once you see the opposition, you go toward it. And that's the type of people that I consider as leaders. You know, I don't consider a mascot a leader. Jamil, he was more of a big mascot. He would be up there with us. The reason he wanted to be around us is because for simple interests that he had, he enjoyed lifting weights. He had to come on the west side because he got ran off the east side because he got in a conflict over there and there was gunplay. And he wound up on the rogue end of the the barrel of that. So for survival of the fittest, I mean, that's survival of fitness for self-preservation. He, his mother, his family had to move him from over there. So he got love when he came over there on our side. We wasn't hating on him. And then when people would try to get at him because of the way his manners are, and he doesn't really know how to interact good with other people, then he, God blessed him for me to be in his environment at those times. Or are he you, wouldn't be here today.
0: Are you familiar with a guy named John Seals?
3: Yeah, I used to lift weights with him. He used to lift weights with me and Munson. He was our friend. And let me tell you this. Let me tell you the story about how this went. All right, so he had already had conflict with Raymond and him. He had already had conflict with guys on the west side. He was a banger. But let me tell you something about him. He would ride his 10th speed down Manchester. He would meet us on Western. We would walk him from Western, and he would be on his 10th speed up into Babes Gym, And he would work out with me and Craig Munson. And I told him, I said, hey, man, it ain't no problem. You could come over here and buff with us all the time. And he was a good-looking kid. He was strong. He was down. He was cool. And he wasn't scary. And he ain't never showed me a gun. When he would come through there, he he never acted like he had a weapon. He would always have a slingshot on. He was a cool brother. And Munson liked him. And I liked him. And he hung out with us. He hung out with us as much as he could and lifted so, weights with us.
0: So what I wanted to know, the reason why I brought that name up is uh, there's rumors that uh, him and Jamel didn't get along. And there's also a rumor that he might have been a walnut or some type of brim at one point. Uh, you know anything about that?
3: Yeah, that's not true. Of of anything, he would have been the founder of the walnuts, of okay. anything, along, al- uh, along with the Bourgeois. With Michael in there and that family, and, and right. the and the walnuts and the walnuts were some good brothers. The walnuts would fight. The walnuts there were some good bangers in the walnuts. They 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 were a young gang. They didn't last that long, but they were a young gang. A lot of people don't know about the Denver lanes about and Snake, my friend Snake. The Denver lanes is an older gang than the walnuts. The yeah. Denver lanes is an old blood gang. It's been around a very long time, yeah. banging. Paddlefoot. All of these guys, I know all of these guys, man. These guys were bangers. You know, some of them rest in peace right now. You know, but I grew up with these guys. Going to, down the streets, man, Figueroa. I've been around these guys. Jamel was never a gangbanger. I don't know why his daughter puts him out there. Maybe he tells her these stories that when she was a little kid, and she actually believes this stuff. And she says, well, this is my uh, daddy, and I want to put him out there so he can set the record straight. But I think it's more sinister. I think that there's a a cop element to it. I really do. And there's clergy that gets involved. This preacher dude, he tries to stick his nose in our business. We would never, ever join a church and let the preacher dictate to us what to do. The type of preachers that I really hate the type of preachers that throw the rock and hide their hand. They have pumped their congregation up to go and uh, picket in front of an abortion clinic because they don't think it's a woman's right. You know, the shit gets real political when you get into this banging OG shit. And these preachers are real scatterless. They receive money. What do they do with the money? We the poor people. So it's a lot of shit there that I don't like. So therefore, I don't like when the clergy tries to get involved in this OG stuff. Now, uh, you had this character, Jamil. He's always, you know, got one foot in the church and one foot on this main line, you know, and he's already rolled it up off the main line. So if we want to look at it in a prison sense for all you Gs out there, I consider him an Y. He's in special needs. He had to leave the city. He can't come back to the city. He can't do like OG Kutch and stroll through uh, St. Andrews Park with a slingshot on. You think he could do that? I just did no. that. No, I can't do that. So, so do you think he can go down on a 67 and, and go through the heart of where the Deacon Crips originated from and stroll down there and be asking for people? You think he can do that? No, he can't do that. He he didn't burn all of his bridges with the people. So his voice should not resonate anymore for the simple fact that he did not stand the withstand the litmus test. And he's a liar. And the people behind him, or false prophets. Well let me ask it,
0: you let me ask you how you feel. I mean you you were locked away for more than thirty-two years and and your, your good friend was executed on death row and when you hear about the things the mail had to say and you come home, how do you feel about somebody talking like that about your friend?
3: Well it hurt my feelings first of all and and it rubbed me the wrong way. Because I'm the kind of friend, if if you were in, uh, say you were in San Quentin, and I'm over here in Folsom, and someone's talking shit about you, and you're my friend, and I get word that they're talking shit about you, I'm going to confront the, you know, I'm going to confront the conflict, and I'm going to see, I'm going to get to the root of it. And if that person talking shit doesn't have nothing valid, doesn't have no paperwork, and he's just, you know, just rifling off at the mouth to try to just steer some shit up and give you a bad name, then he's going to get a fair issue of what he got coming to him. And, and, and that has happened on several occasions, you know, behind the wall. In my experience, in my existence behind the wall. And for this guy to have this loud mouth to say the awful things that he did, I know what motivated him to do that. And what motivated him to do that uh, started with a C-O-P, and the, and you know what that stands for, right? So so the pigs were behind that, and he was their mascot, and a lot of people, a lot of time has went by, and so they could put this weirdo up there, and he could say whatever he wants. The Black Panthers had their conflict with the US organization. There's always something going to be made to conflict the mass. And, and where the people want to go, and what the people want to be about, they're always going to bring an idiot and put him, you know, over there to, to start some dissension within side of the ranks, so we could start this conflict and have this shit going. But this guy is clearly unstable, and he's nothing of the man that he used to be, you know. And the man that he used to be, he never was a banger, but he was still a man. He so, do, still you feel like,
0: do you feel hmm. like? Do you feel like? Do you feel like? we're being a bully by responding no. to
3: his remarks? No, no, because if we didn't respond to his remarks, then the opposition, the cops, and whoever, the, the, the clergy, who's everywhere else behind it, they tried to dilute, you know, our OG history. You know, the, the bottom line is, is that they don't want Raymond Washington or Turkey to be idolized. And so how,
0: do you, how yeah. do you feel? How do you feel? Cute when uh you hear that your good friend Raymond Washington was knocked out by this guy, uh, and 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 you know the, the things he says ten thousand crips in nineteen
1: sixty
3: eight. This is this is what's so absurd about what this dude said. Before Raymond Washington went to prison, I hung out with him. After he came home from prison, I hung out with him. I was Raymond's friend from almost day one, when the West Side Turned into Crips. I came on board in the late part of the seventies. Raymond Washington was my friend ever since that day. Raymond Washington would come over to my house and get me in the seventy in his fifty-three uh, Chevy, and he would be with Barefoot Pookie or Michael Conception in the car, and they would come and get me every weekend, and we would go to places like the uh, Kappa House on a uh, Crenshaw. We would go to the to uh, Uh, any type of dance that was being given up and down Western DJ's ballroom we would bank up in that shit and when we would go to places we didn't go there to party we didn't go there to talk to girls and get telephone numbers we came there to handle gang banging business that's what we did when we went out we would go to record hops inside the other parks that's what we would do and we would have friction in those parks because the boss Tom The boss, Tom Cross, record hops was record hops for Gs. Only Gs experienced those record hops. Then later on, Raymond left the set. He went away for a long time. He came back in 76, and we were together all the way up until 79. That's how how our friendship was. And when a buster says that he knocked him out and that he hit Raymond, he's an utter lie. And he did not participate at the long table because he didn't have a plaque. The only people that could be at the long table was active gang members who had a say so within their clique. He didn't have a clique, so he did not have a plaque. He was not a member of, of, of anti self destruction. He was not like like my buddy Caesar said the, the, that's what it stood for. But Benny Ray Simpson, that's bulldog. When you see that newspaper, Benny Ray Simpson. That's Bulldogs real name. That's that's his birth name. So he didn't have a part in that.
0: I'm aware of everybody that was in that article, but can you give me a roll call of some of the leaders or whatever you would call them, shot callers or or, or names that participated at the long table? Yeah,
3: (laughs) you had Elgin representing the Brims. You had you had uh, uh, was locked up at the time, so you had uh, you had uh, What's my brother's name? That had the LTD, the one I had mentioned. He was there. You had Big Rat from the Brims. You had uh, Celestine from the Brims, who was a banger. You had a uh, okay on the crit side. You had a uh, you had a uh, Bulldog for East Side. You had a uh, you had Sugar Bear. You had Little Bam from 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 the Denver Lanes. Let's go with Big Snake, one of the founders. You had Paddlefoot, you had Bunyan. Those those were some of my Denver Lane buddies that came up out, up in there. Then we had guys from the Inglewood family. We had we had a lot of, of members from the Inglewood. I don't know if Jan Brewer had a plaque at that time, but he was worthy of a plaque. And uh, the the Inglewood family they made an effort at the piece, you know. There and you, you had you had Little Caesar, so they had a plaque. They had the Magnificent Seven. They had a plaque. These were guys, once they agreed to quit, you know, uh, banging on each other, the city had peace. The parks were open up. You could go where you wanted to go, and you could enjoy your night out, without, you know, without even having to worry about anything. And then if you saw your brother in the street, you could pull over and say, hey, what's up, man? It was cool. You know, these were cool times. It wasn't like I'm caught slipping. There was no cot slipping, in. Because everybody that was actively gangbanging was actually get along. The Pirus, they didn't really want to buy into it. But then again, they did buy into it uh, to some certain extent. Because when they arrived that night, then nothing happened. We all sit there and talk and everything. But so you who,
0: know, who were some of the Pirus at the table? Was AC Baba Louie there?
3: Oh, well, when the Pirus came that night, AC Baba Louie they went in the back room putting one in the back room a uh, 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 big butler i think he came that night i think lug was there bartender came that night they they came with about 4 or 5 cars and they and they, and they pulled up on the side and we could hear their glass packs but uh like i said a, around this time i think Baba Louie had a a black uh, el dorado cool ass el dorado cuz he was like it was almost like in his in his uh macking stage you know like the transition stage but yet, yeah, he was still keeping uh you know rings on on, on what he helped found okay you let know. me, so me. you yeah. broke yeah. up yeah, yeah i'm still here i had got a phone call uh yeah. how
4: about
0: black dog from Venice, Shetland? was he there
3: Oh yeah, Black Dog. Black Dog represented Venice Shoreline. He was there. Uh, fact of the matter, sometime I'll give Black Dog a right there. Uh the, for, for the Brims, I forgot to say Big Country. Okay. Big Country was like one of the founders of the LA Brims. See, the Brims have a lot of chapters. So, how about so Babyface
0: baby from
3: Rolling Sixties? Oh yeah, Babyface from Rolling Sixties. Uh oh, I forgot to name of the A-Trays too. The, uh, the the leader of the A-Trays that were there. We had Big Rayford Sidewinder. He was there. Uh, uh, we had him. We had. Uh, I think Hunchie had m- may have been locked up back then, but, but we we had uh, Smokey. He was there from a tray There was a lot of a trays that would that would come through there. How about and, Dead
0: Eye uh, Clint from Eastside Crip?
3: Uh, oh yeah, Dead, Dead Eye Clint. He would be there, and you would you man. There was just a lot of good strong brothers there, man. Black Black from Hoover would be there, Green Eyes was there, and he uh, had a lot of good, a good little Bam, he was there.
0: How and, about uh, the Blackstone Brands?
3: Oh, yeah, you had Blackstone Brands, yeah, I almost forgot about, I almost forgot, and we had Hoover families, too, so we had a Shaft from the Blackstones, we had him there, we had some Hoover families there, because, uh, and you know how we met all of these guys? Mm-hmm. gangbang. And we had to go in their neighborhood and ask them face-to-face, would you like to be a part of this? And we would go up to people's door and knock on them and say, man, they, when they would open the door, they would be like, oh, shit, you know, but we, we come in, you know, to ask you, you know, do you want to be a part of this? We all knew where each other lived. We grew up in the city. Everybody knows where everybody lives. Right. You know? So, so, so me, that's how we would grow. So let me
0: let me make this uh
3: me and Raymond pulled up on the villains together and, and Hatchet Man's, uh, 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 what was it, like a 1969 Ford Galaxy. We pulled up on the leader of the villains and, and he thought we were going to get out and blast him. He started backstepping, and we telling him, no, man, wait a minute, wait a minute, man. We just want to holler at you. And he thought it was his last day. Mm-hmm. And we and he was so happy when, when we said, hey, man, we want you to come with us and go up to this uh, long table and sit down and represent your neighborhood, man. So the little brothers don't be walking around getting, you know, busted on this shit. Mm-hmm. And
0: so, a, and the car so tell me what Tookie and Hoover Joe and big names like that, Barefoot Pookie. Well, he probably was in uh, prison at the time. Uh, Russell Capers. What were some of the guys like that, at, the heavy hitters?
3: Okay, so for instance, let's look at Hoover Joe. First of all, I always give Hoover Joe the credit for starting the Seven Four Hoover Crips, and uh, Hoover Joe uh, and, and Tony Stacy. We joined these. We we were the first uh, gang to join together as uh, allies, and we joined the Dinker Crips. A lot of people didn't know that the Dinker Crips' first allies was was Cutes Hoover Joe and Tony Stacy. So that was the first gang that joined up in 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 in, uh, in, uh, in those early days, right there. And uh, so Hoover Joe he was locked away in YTS, okay. For, and because uh, Hoover Joe never spent a lot of time on the street as a juvenile, because he was a he was an outright gang banger. And uh, same for Tony Stacy, he didn't spend a lot of time on the street either. He was always in the hall or Nellis, and. Yeah. Uh, what was Terry Cadou at? Terry Cadeau was a banger too, but Terry Cadeau at this time was free, and Terry Cadeau was a member of the long table. Yes, okay. and we would always go to parties and see each other out there in the streets, and he would be dra- dressed well because he they're in the used car business and trucking business, so they always had money, and they, they were always ballers, considered ballers in the gang, bangers. but they were bangers.
0: And what and year? What what year did L's- Russell
3: Caper, Russell Caper and, and 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 James Miller and them? Uh, they they were just about to get their case and get locked up. That's okay. for sure. Just okay. about to get their case and get locked away for for what the else.
0: For those that don't know, those are uh, Harlem Crips right there. Um. Um. Cutes, man, what year would you say ASD and the long table started and ended?
3: Uh it started in uh, 1976 and it ended in
0: 1976. Okay, so it's safe to say in 76, Jamel was no longer a factor in the Crips?
3: No, he was not at the ball at the long table. I hate to say that the long table ended in a big gang fight. We had a big gang fight on Broadway. It spilled out on Broadway. And we had a big gang fight. Things were falling apart. And uh, and the, and the ties that bind us together wasn't strongest, the ties that put us apart and those and we had the police not wanting us to be together. We had a lot of people who didn't want us to be together because they looked at us as a bigger threat. So that was a you
0: know. spillover of COINTELPRO, Pro, basically.
3: Yeah. And it, it, you know, some bro- brothers lost their lives, you know, yeah. for sure. That and, and you know, that was awful.
0: Yeah, you Celestine know? got killed around that time, right?
3: Celestine got killed. Sauti got killed around that time too.
0: Okay, Sauti's from the grandies in Compton, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, man, I, I'm gonna end this, man, and I'm glad you came on and spoke, man. That was a good thirty minutes of just pure giving uh some insight to you and your friendships with Tookie and Jamel and uh,
3: Raymond Washington,
0: Raymond as well. I, 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 before we go though, I want to uh, try to make something clear in response to one of the critics as well as Jamel. Uh, when I met you and did the interview, did, did we discuss Jamel Barnes ahead of time?
3: No, no. Did, That's that's a burning desire that was a burning desire that i had within me that had been inside of me for quite a long time and did i said it,
0: did at yes. any time did it, at any time did i ask you to discredit Jamel?
3: no no you didn't know what i was going to talk about
0: no and i didn't read, the, I, didn't
3: read because, I, didn't, because, I
0: didn't read the question
3: no, everything was spontaneous, because when a person is really a solid, every the chapters of their life is still inside of their mind. If they didn't dilute their mind with drugs and they don't have no recall, I can ascertain everything you know with inside of my mind that I, I remember it in stored it's still there. you know, just like a book. I had a lot of time to sit in a in a concrete cell and think about shit, more time than the average individual. My mind has been conditioned to take extreme suffering without breaking. So, you know, that's how I roll. So some weak person, you know, gets up there and try to perpetrate that they this and they that. And now I got an obligation to discredit them. I will, but I will discredit them with facts, you know? And for all you Jamel fans out there, you know, you could still continue to be Jamel fans. I'm not trying to get you to come over on our side because simply, we don't need people like you anyway. Because you have already been, you know, deceived. And you, you're already, you know, following the mascot. And for his daughter, if you want to keep doing your father like that in the name of love, then you sure got some, you know, weird love. Because you need to knock it off. I mean, why don't you just have him come on and make some videos about God or make some videos about, you know, Edwards youth. Why don't you let him talk in that area? But he doesn't need to create any type of, uh, you know, false person that he was this and he was that in order for people to want to be a part of what he's a part of. And if you think that that's why you got to do that or you're going to lose his fan base and you don't, then you're absolutely wrong. Because what you're going to do is destroy his fan base because I'm going to continue to tell the truth while he's continuing to tell a lie. Well, I know yes.
0: that I, I know that I talked to several of my big homeboys that's a lot older than me and they all spoke highly of you cutes. So I wanna say your your opinion and your facts are very welcome here and uh and I like your conversation. I like the fact that you don't have distorted information. Uh you may make one or two mistakes. That's just because we're human. But but I know, I know you don't have no foul intent on anything you say, and uh, and for those that think I was nitpicking at Jamel, I just want to say that I also put in there where Cutes had Jamel's uh, age wrong, and yeah. uh, and the only reason why that's all I put up is because I couldn't find any misinformation in Cutes story, and so. Uh,
3: You you, you kept it very objective, and and, and, and that's that's the type of person you are. And if there's anyone out there who don't believe that Jamil went to George Washington High School in 1974, uh, prove it. And all you have to do is get the school record. I was about in the 12th grade then, and I was around in the 11th grade. So why don't you check your facts out, and you'll see his name there. And if he's there, he couldn't have been out what he said. And he couldn't have been around in 68 uh, talking about he's an East Side Crip because Eastside Crips didn't come about until 69. And his projects didn't get turned into Crips until the beginning of 1971. So, therefore, he was not a Crip at all until 71. I was a Crip in 1970.
0: All right, Cutes, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful day, bro.
3: All right. Peace out, bro. Matt.
0: That's going to do it for this episode of Kev Mac Video Podcast. I want to send a big shout out to Mark Taylor in Canada. I want to thank you for your contribution and the kind note that you left for me. It is greatly appreciated for all the hard work that I do in bringing you guys the real and bringing the real to those fascinated with the legends and the true origins of the Crips and Bloods. For those that want to contribute, Go to www.paypal.me slash allhoodpublications. You'll see All Hood Publishing pop up, enter the amount you wish to donate, and send. Also, for those that are interested in Kev Mac Clothing, go to bear-image.com slash kev clothing also, we have a Patreon account at www.patreon.com slash I want to thank CJ Mack for calling in. I want to thank Cutes for spending this time with us. I want to thank Maya Hampton for calling in. And I want to thank the guys that sent in questions. When you watch our videos on YouTube, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram at BigCabMac1. Thank you and have a good evening.